You're listening to Corporate Multiplayer. The official podcast of the 4-in-1 Game Zone. Hello and welcome to another cooperative multiplayer, the official Foreign Game Zone podcast. And yeah, I know we're a couple days late, but sometimes personal life just sucks. Anyway, with me this week is uh, Mark Morrison. Howdy. Howdy. Don't know if Daniel's going to join us in the chat as has been the... The way it's been a couple, the last couple of weeks, um, he's still dealing with all the stuff he's dealing with, you know. And Robert, I think we had to start a little bit too late for him. He had to go to bed because he had uh, some class, a uh, college class to go to in the morning, and a paper that he was supposed to be writing or whatever. So, yeah, that's what's going on. So, it's just two of us, but. I think we'll make it. Uh, well, you got the uh, new Dragon Ball Zoneverse, right? Oh yeah. How is that? I can. It actually is better than most Dragon Ball, like recent Dragon Ball games. Like the fighting engine is actually fairly competent. It's everything around it that's really stupid. Uh, it has this whole like MMO feel that just does not work in the game at all. Uh, I'm trying to play single player. I get disconnected frequently and I get booted to the title screen. Uh, making your own guy is kind of cool, but it just takes forever to get going. And when you're in a battle with two other like two other uh, allies against three other enemies, it just does not work at all. So explain this MMO thing. Like, the game populates itself with other characters from other people. And I think you're supposed to be able to hire them out, because the game says you can, to be like a teammate. But I don't know how to do that. I have all the money I need to, since the cheat engine is still awesome. But there's no option for me to say, like, hire a player. So, and it doesn't do any way anything to explain that to you either. No. Well, that's always great. <laughs> it's, so, it's, uh, how does the single player work? Is it all again with the? Uh, do they have like I guess you were talking about? There's a six-person team thing or a three-person team mode or? Oh well, a lot it of vary the, on the story or what? Yeah, it depends on the story. Like uh, the first. Like, the basic premise of the game is that uh, some baddies, or I think Tora or Mira or some other made-up characters, who cares, are, like, messing with time. So battles, like, that should have been won are being lost, which is kind of interesting. So, like, the first, like, story mission is uh, Piccolo is trying to fire the bean cannon into Raditz 
and Goku is holding them in place. And, like, Raditz powers up real quick and basically, like, chucks Goku in front of the beam cannon. So Goku got... Goku dies, but Raditz is alive. So you, you have to, like, correct that and beat Raditz down. Uh, okay, so it's like, uh... Basically getting to relive stuff from the show? Or? Yeah, you're basically, like, fixing it. Like, the entire, like... Captain Ginyu thing was insane. Wow, nice. Does that work pretty well, or...? Like, the fighting isn't that bad. Like, except for, like, when you get teamed up on by, like, three different enemies at once, and the camera can't, like, figure out what to do with that. Because you have, you have to be locked on pretty much constantly onto one enemy. And that's a problem, but the actual, like, core fighting, like, one-on-one is actually pretty solid. You just don't do it that often. So anything new in the fighting that wasn't in like some of the previous games? Or is it all kind of the, the same? The one really weird thing about the game is you can't charge up your key at all. And that's kind of a major thing in Dragon Ball games or Dragon Ball lore. You can like yeah, get hasn't that. Hasn't that been like every other Dragon Ball game? Like that's... Yeah, you can get you can get like that skill later on, but. It was about half. I was. I'm almost finished with the game, and I'm up, like, it was like halfway through, and it's like you can finally charge up, get the skill to use your key, and it's like, great. Before I was just punching guys. That seemed to work pretty well, also. Doesn't seem like. I mean, does it really give you an ins- like? Is there some kind of reward for? Not really. You know. Uh, you, you get like level up, and you get like points, and like they always have that stupid like star or like diamond or whatever the hell shape it is like you can put points into strength or key or whatever whatever you want but none of it really matters the game well, looks the game looks really good like really good but it's oddly not as flashy as other like dragon ball games that's weird considering it's on new hardware or whatever like, you're just kind of doing attacks that don't really mean a lot. Like, you don't get, like, a spirit bomb or anything. It's just like, well, I can fire a bunch of beams off at once, and I guess that works. So, how many, uh, are all the characters there available at once, or you have to unlock a bunch of them, or how does... Yeah, as you go through the story, you unlock characters. I'm up to, uh, I just unlocked, like, Lord Beerus right now. I'm, like, near to the end of the game. And you unlock like different like different time era versions of characters like early Goku and then like when he becomes a Super Saiyan and later on. Ah, oh, nice. Well, there you have it. Uh, Mark's thoughts on the Dragon Ball Xenoverse game that came out on Tuesday. So thank, thank God I don't have to review it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of the games that was on that list to review, so I'm guessing we're not getting that. Even if we did, it'd always be it'd be a console game, so I wouldn't care either way. Right. I have a, I actually have a friend playing it on PS3, and he's getting the same disconnect issues. Wow, like, on PS3? Just booted to the title screen. If you get if your connection to the server is lost, it's like great way to go. Well, I mean that's at least good to know that. You know, it's not just a PC thing. 
But, uh, yeah, anything else you're playing? or? I pre-ordered Mortal Kombat. Oh, really? Yep. 24 bucks for a $90 game. That works out pretty well. And I Russian's theme again. Yep, and I bought the Disney Mega Pack Wave 2 on Steam because I'm an idiot. What's in that that's so like special? Like a bunch of Cars games. <laughs> oh boy, why? I'll, I'll never play. It was on sale. <laughs> I guess, you know. Maybe one of these days you can just do a whole Disney game review or something. <laughs> Also been playing, I've, I'm resolved to try to finish Far Cry 4 soon also. I'm wasting a lot of time in that game. I've heard that can happen. Well, I finally hit the uh, like north part of the country, and by the time I landed on it, I had filled up the skill trees entirely. Well, at least there's plenty of side quests and stuff to do. So. Yeah, but they all kind of feel like they all kind of like follow like either four like go assassinate this lieutenant or just go kill a bunch of people well there's DLC so. yeah and you should get that season pass soon anything else that's about it for me I'm going to play a whole lot because of those personal things I was talking about um I'm really hoping that since they gave me the day off tomorrow now, I can really get into possibly getting into where we can get that Hand of Fate tag team review done. I got myself to the last row of bosses, but that's about as far as I got. Uh, that game gets incredibly Cheap. ridiculously hard at, at once you get to that lower level. If you can even make it to where the boss is in the first place, because most of the time it seems like the dealer's just giving you all the stuff you don't need. And you're either going to run out of food or run out of health because these all these curses that get put on you and you cannot take off because you're never going to make that much money. That was one thing I found kind of weird about the game is like a curse, like you got the curse that's like 300 gold. It's like you never get that amount of gold in the game normally ever. Yeah, even with, like, every car, I mean, like, if even if you get every treasure and the maiden and you ask her for gold or something, maybe, you know, but you have to get really lucky and that never happens. I just felt like every time I had, like, enough food, I'd either get cursed so badly that I would go into a battle and be pretty much impossible to win because it would be the battle where you're on that ship and everybody's like right next to you basically yeah it's not a great arena to fight in that is like the worst and especially if you get the uh the stupid rats and they all have poison and then you're trying to kill them and they're all poisoning you at the same time and you're like oh crap i only got 30 health great i'm about to die <laughs> i don't like it when you have to like reface the bosses in normal play like i don't like that at all yeah, that's really silly. I mean, but I guess it's their way of, you know, making it to where you don't run into the same five, uh, you know, opponents the whole time. But still, yeah. Because it can be really annoying when you run into some of the bosses and you're like, 
Oh, great. Not only do I get to face this, I get to face this boss that's going to take some, like, extra, I don't know how many hits to kill. And eventually I just started learning that I could just roll around. Yeah, that helps. It's like, yeah, I'm just forget the countering thing. Let's just roll around. <laughs> Until I just hit people enough. Thank God he didn't play, like, the last the face-off against the dealer. That fight is, like, nearly impossible. Yeah, you told me. It's just... Like, every boss of the game or whatever, right? And the dealer? Yeah, the, like, the last wave is, like, the, uh, sea bosses, and they're, like, giant crabs. That oh, that took me that took me a half hour, just that one wave. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Yeah. I'm also reviewing the Awakened Fate Ultimatum for PS3. It's one of those NIS America games. So you can pretty much guess what kind of game it is. Ah, you got saddled with that one, huh? <laughs> well, I picked it out because I didn't want... It was either that or Dead or Alive because Dead or Alive is like the only fighting game I'm actually any good at. But I was like, you know, I don't want something to happen and it's a PS4 game and I can't review it in a timely fashion or something. So uh, this game actually has like a two-week embargo. So hoping I'll be able to actually have it reviewed by the time next week rolls around. But yeah, it's one of those games where, you know, it's uh, you're it, you have the whole anime feel to it and they don't it's all a bunch of talking with a bunch of superimposed anime uh, characters with a bunch of text and there's voiceover with a text reading and then the actual gameplay, there's a lot of talking in this game, so if you don't, if you like NAS America games that are a bit less talking, this is probably not the one for you. It's about, uh, you're this guy, and there's a war going on between demons and angels, and uh, they, apparently the angels pick a person that they have that thinks they have the right qualities to be God. And then you have to make decisions whether you want to side with the devils or angels, depending on what they do or whatever. And then the gameplay is basically going into these 2D dungeons. And you can go through and uh, with a click of a L2 or R2, you can decide, you uh, depending on who you're facing, whether it's a demon or an angel, you switch to the opposite. And then you can use like attacks that you get with a spear grid that they have that you can used to get different uh, attacks or make your attack better or your defense better or whatever and uh, I really can't say too much about it like my opinion on it because I don't want to mess up the embargo or whatever but it's just one of those things where if you like NAS America games you like games like that with anime influence I mean you kind of know what to expect at this point um, it's also for PS3, so if you've already moved on and you don't want to touch your PS3, obviously, probably not something that's going to make you want to go back to it, but, uh, we'll f I'll find out more as, uh, next week I can talk about it a lot more because the embargo will be closer to then, but, yeah. Uh, aside from that, I got to play Bravely Default a lot more because I had to once again kind of be on the go or be in places where I could only play my 3DS I'm still loving that game and for some reason you have a 3DS and you like JRPGs and don't have that game you owe it to yourself to buy it because it's pretty much like everything you loved about those old 
Square Enix RPGs um, with a way to kill encounters if you want to, if you want to get through a dungeon. So, um, and I got to play some more theater rhythm or whatever. So, but yeah, that's about uh, it for me. So I guess we can get on to the news. I have Mark doing. Uh, Daniel's actually one of the other ones that did uh, 4PC for me this week, and he's in the chat, so he'll be able to talk about some of the stuff. Mark was the other one on 4PC besides the normal John Cash and Todd, so feel bad that Mark's going to have to re-answer some of these, but that's kind of what happens sometimes <laughs> when you do that's a fine. podcast and a column. Uh you know, we talked about last week that a new rock band might be coming. Well, lo and behold, Activision decided that they didn't want to wait, you know, too long. Uh, Kotaku's reporting with two sources, not just one, that they're developing, Activision's developing a new Guitar Hero game with one of their uh, West Coast developers, supposedly, or studios are the ones that are working on the game. It's supposed to be more realistic, which I guess means more like Rock Band and less like a video game that it has been its entire lifespan. And that they are going to make new peripherals. But we all know about how Guitar Hero works. They really don't care about making sure the DLC transfers. And they probably won't make sure that the old stuff works either because this is Activision. They want you to buy a whole new thing. I mean, it seems kind of like this was inevitable at, this, at some point, that we knew Activision never said this was totally dead. They said it would come back if they felt it was necessary. First of all, can we really have two rhythm games around again at the same time? And is there really anything new you can do in this genre at this point? Or is it just about making a platform and just not making any more games for both of them? No, they can't support two games like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bad Activision. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it was you. I think it was you that said that, or if it was Daniel, that uh, I think they need to bury the hatchet with each other and just come together to take the best of both worlds and... Guitar, guitar Hero Rock Band. Yeah. There's nothing, like, great about Rock Band anymore. That's kind of the, the biggest problem with that series. Well, I mean, Rocksmith kind of took the pro controller thing and made it into a, an actual... You can actually learn how to play guitar with this. Yeah. So I, they took that away, but, I mean, people weren't really buying... Rock Band for that, not to mention they made those pro controllers almost impossible to find after a certain period, so that didn't help either, but you know, it's just uh, one of those things where, you're right, there's not a whole lot that you can do with these games, I guess, you know, John kind of made a point that you know, you can make it all about social media and have a bunch of contests, and you can put things on YouTube immediately or whatever, but you wouldn't need the game to do that, you can only do that with your console, so but, I mean, I just think that either don't release peripherals or if you release them, they're going to have to do something. I don't know if they're going to have to 
make some kind of promise to the retailers that they will never release another game called Guitar Hero, another game called Rock Band, as long as the current gen consoles are around. And that it's going to be a platform and that they're releasing DLC and DLC-specific things so that they're not coming out with new instruments in two years and they're not having GameStops and Best Buys and all that full of instruments that no one will buy after a certain period. So I... It's going to be like that power gig rise of the six-string game where they have air guitars. Oh, God. Yeah, make it connect only, right? <laughs> like, uh, we'll bring back the PS Move just for this. The eye toy. Yeah. The camera will uh, watch your movements, and you'll do it that way. I think Rock Band coming back is fine. I think Guitar Hero coming back is kind of sad. Why do you say that? Why is it a difference for you? Because Rock Band isn't, like, Harmonix owns Rock Band, and they're not, like, a huge studio. And that's fine, but if, like, Rock Band only had three games, or four, technically, with, like, I guess you could say five with, like, Lego Rock Band and Beatles Rock Band, but Guitar Hero had, like, ten or fifteen and after, like, Guitar Hero, maybe 3, it all kind of, like, went downhill. Yeah, because after 3, they were essentially copying Rock Band with the band thing. Yeah. And I'll it, be honest, I mean, the only Guitar Hero that I own right now is the Metallica one, because I love Metallica, and they pretty much made it to where Rock Band would never get Metallica songs again after that. So, I was like, well, if I want to play a Metallica song, except for singing which is i like what i like to do the most in rock band sucks in the guitar hero game so but i mean uh, beside that point i think i never played any of the guitar hero games uh except for the first one i i I bought one of the guitars with it i think but i never bought the full system because you could use the rock band stuff with the guitar hero games or whatever but i mean either don't, I mean, I know Guitar Hero said they're making peripherals, but maybe they should rethink that. Maybe they should just come out with a game and say, okay, you can use the Rock Band instruments with this or something and have Activision get a cut or something like that or have a harmonics get a cut off the instruments or something like that. But it's just like if you're going to have two games with two different sets of peripherals and then no one's going to know that you can just buy one set. You don't have to buy two. And, I mean, they're either going to have to promise that a lot of the stuff's going to be available digital only, which is going to confuse a lot of the casual market, or I don't know how they're going to finagle this. This just seems like there's a lot of stuff that's going to happen, and I have a feeling that by the time they get to it, one of these games is going to either be canceled, or it's not going to be what they're saying it is. Because it's going to be too difficult to come out with this. What were you going to say? I was just going to point out that like Activision ha- hasn't had the greatest luck in coming out with their own peripherals. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Remember Tony Except Hawk Ride? Skylanders. Remember, remember Tony Hawk Ride? Oh, Lord. That's, yeah. <laughs> the less said about that, the better, I think. <laughs> uh, there's a report out from Nielsen that I don't know where they got this stuff because a lot of this kind of just doesn't make much sense really because i thought daniel kind of brought up a good point about friends being one of the big things that has to do with this and that didn't even come into the equation here apparently but uh they released a report that 
kind of talks about how certain uh, purchasers made their decision to go to Xbox One or PS4 or Wii U for current gen. Uh, Xbox 360 owners that went to Xbox One decided that the brand of Xbox was the reason why they made the purchase. The PS4 had to do more with it having the better graphics and the Blu-ray player, which, really, at this point, we're still buying consoles for Blu-ray players? You know, as if the Xbox One doesn't have one or something? Uh... Then apparently uh, the Wii U was bought because of exclusive games and it being fun and a family thing, which makes sense. But then the exclusive games and stuff was also said to be a reason for the Xbox One, but the PS4 owners said the whole game library, which I guess might mean like that includes, you know, PS3, PS2, PS1 games or a future whatever that's supposed to come out for the PS4. I don't, I don't know, but. It really wasn't very specific. It seemed rather vague, whatever this report was supposed to be saying. But what do you think is the reason there's a people bought this system over that system? Or or is there really a reason at all? People are dumb. <laughs> they identify with brands regardless of actual fact or knowledge. <laughs> like, the PS4 is a more capable system, graphically speaking, than the Xbox One right now. Like, that's a pretty hard fact. Uh, but, like, the Xbox One just had such a crappy launch at the start that it took them, it had to take them at least a year to get out up from underneath all that, like, garbage press. And even still, they're not quite there yet. And the Xbox One just has crap in it that most people don't care about, like, that whole TV stuff. Yeah, I still have not connected my Xbox One to the TV thing. I, I thought I, about it a couple of times, but I was like, why? I, I can't right now in my room. I don't even have a cable box in my room. So I, even if I had one, I, would, I, would, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and, I, and unless if I move my Xbox One from the living room with the main box which is the only box that I have that has the two HDMI ports, I couldn't do it either. So I could technically do it now, but I just, I don't see the point of why I need to have my Xbox One on all the time just to watch TV, where I can give it a rest and just watch TV with the cable box. I don't, you know. I get it. If you want your console to be on all the time and you can change from TV to this at the snap of a finger and all that kind of stuff, I get what they were trying to do with that. And I get that people kind of want convenience in things. But I think it kind of fell short, especially once you take the connect out of it and all that. It kind of makes it a much more difficult thing to cover. But I do love my Xbox One. I also love my PS4, so I really can't complain. But they don't really do that much differently than the other one. I mean, unless you're just a spec whore, I really can't sit there and go, okay, this game looks so much better than the other one on Xbox One or PS4 right now. I really can't. Try yeah, Tomb Raider. <laughs> oh, Tomb Raider. Uh, yeah, I don't have Tomb Raider Definitive Edition, so... I don't know, but... I'm sure Last of Us, who was on Xbox One, probably doesn't look as great as it does on PS4. If it, you know, let's say that it ever, you know... That it wasn't a PS4 exclusive or something, but... Uh, you know, Daniel brings up the point about... People's friends had a console, so they bought that one, and they try to justify it to themselves. <laughs> which... 
I guess it could have been a case, right? Well, you want to stick with your friends. Like, if all my friends had Xbox One, then get I'd probably get one of those, but they don't. <laughs> I mean, but couldn't a case be made at this point that it's kind of really silly? So why can't we have cross-platform play between the Xbox and PS and PlayStation people? Because Microsoft likes to have a closed-off system. Sony does not. Sony Sony's fine with having an open system, which leads to problems on PSN. But uh, I applaud them for it at least. Right, but you still have to pay for PS Plus now for it to. Yeah, sure, but still, I mean. You can still do, like, there's more cross-play game or cross-play stuff with, like, PC and PS4 or Sony consoles and, like, PC and Microsoft at this point. Right. Because Microsoft tries to use the PC as part of, kind of like their, here, you want to do remote play? Do it on your PC. Yeah, sort of. I mean, Daniel brings up the point. They're not going to cooperate because then they wouldn't be in competition with each other, but... I don't know, this should be about gamers and letting them play with friends and not have to feel like, well, now i got to have two systems, and, like, if I have Destiny, now i got to have two two copies of Destiny with my two sets of friends or any other game that's really about online play. It just seems really convoluted and complicated. I don't know. Yeah, plus, yep. I mean... Daniel does bring up a point that the PSN kind of tends to go down a lot. So, do you want to have to deal with that? Which I guess that's why the open source thing is a problem because it causes it to go down. Oh, it's probably just hackers doing it, but that's part of the reason. (laughs) But, I mean, it it seems to go... We hear a lot more about PSN going down than we hear about Xbox Xbox Live going down, so, you know. Whatever, Sony, you decided to make an inferior uh, online service, so I guess that's what happens. Don't worry, PlayStation Now is going to fix everything. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what, what's going to fix it all. Uh, uh, Microsoft did... Uh, come out and say that Fable Legends will be free to play and their heroes are going to get rotated like League of Legends. Um, the uh, They are going to have where you can buy the uh, heroes with in-game money or you can use real game money so there's going to be microtransactions uh, because basically how the rotation system works if you don't... I don't play League of Legends either but this is just from what I've read and everything that they rotate them over a certain time period, and you have to buy the heroes that you like in order to keep them. Uh, so, either with in-game currency that you get, or you use the real cash that you have to buy those heroes. And then all the maps and all the DLCs can be free. Um, so they're trying. They're saying that, and apparently the villains will also work this way with the rotation thing. So apparently they feel like the pay-to-win thing is not gonna be a big deal because all the other stuff is free um just the heroes you might have to get paid for or whatever and i found it interesting that i think you and daniel had differing opinions on this i think you said the pay to win thing was still going to happen and he said it probably wouldn't this way but 
Well, I question, like, what happens when he, if you have, like, a level 8 hero, and it's that deadline for, okay, that hero's not locked locked out, uh, switch. You have to start all over with, like, another character. <laughs> Apparently they said that it doesn't reset, I think is what... It, it won't, uh... It won't reset every time that they lock out that character. I think it stays with you, but obviously if you don't buy that character, then you won't see that see that again until that character comes back around or something. It all, like, I think for like certain games, like Killer Instinct works like that because it's not story-driven, and who cares? It's just a fighting game. But if, it's a, if this game is going to have a story, then people like to identify like with your with the hero and have some investment in it. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's why you can go and buy the, if you really like that hero and you don't want to play with any other one, then buy it, right? Yeah, but it also depends on if, the, if it's just a cosmetic hero choice or like if the heroes have like different stats and abilities. I would assume they're going to have different stats and abilities, but I mean like their thought of it is it's a 4v1 game just like Evolve. But instead of having you, where you can basically unlock the three tiers of the characters, and then all you're doing is paying for now, but now if you want to play with an extra monster or something, or play in another map or whatever, well not the maps, but something else that they're going to add, I think it's just monsters, but you know, you have to pay for that instead of everything being free, and then you decide what you want to pay for. If you just uh, offer cosmetic items for sale and just say screw it and go free to play entirely. I would agree. I, I think uh, the the Dota want, 2 version kind of works. If you want a polka dot hat, fine, pay us a buck and you can have it. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Or if you want, instead of having a pet dog, if you want like a pet monkey, pay a dollar, you can get a monkey. I'd do that. Yeah, because, I mean, the being able to play with people like that's going to bring a lot of people into the Fable franchise that maybe don't play Fable all the time. And then they're going to be confused by the whole, well, I just had this hero like a week ago. What the hell happened? You yep. Know? So, I, I mean, they can obviously explain that part, but it's just I think people are still going to get confused with it. Something that I found interesting that Nintendo even addressed, considering that they seem to hate the internet. Uh, Satoru Iwata talked about facing the digital, digital age and how it's a pro- it shows promise for them and it's also a big crisis for them because we know how Nintendo works. They like to keep their original games at high prices to make it seem like it's you know, a really important game or something that you should buy because it doesn't go down in price. Uh, he says that, you know, in the future, um, you know, this kind of makes it make them makes them feel like people are going to expect that things are going to be free or very cheap. And, you know, when we get into competition with similar looking products, it's not going to make us look very, you know, we might it might hurt us in the end. Um, that's why they're going to work on creating value and working on new payment methods for people. He really kind of dances around the question, 
but do you think Nintendo does a do you think their their whole model of price equals value works or should they have more sales like Steam does or if they had more sales like Steam did then I would actually care about the Wii U <laughs> I would agree I mean cuz I mean granted the Wii U is really just the Wii 1.5 with HD graphics but I mean for somebody that doesn't have a Wii a Wii like I do and I'm sitting here trying to make a conscious decision about the Wii U I really want because I love Nintendo and I love their games and the PS4 doesn't have any games that I really want right now I've gone this far without playing Last of Us I could have gone farther without playing Last of Us and you know whatever there really wasn't anything out for the PS4 that said okay my god I gotta buy this right so I'm sitting there going well the Wii U has a ton of games that I want to play right now but in order to play with my daughter or play with my wife or play with anybody else but myself I had to buy all these Wii remotes and that's 40 to 60 dollars depending if I need the nunchuck or not so instead of buying another game I had to buy another controller and you know, you're already charging me $300 for this system. You're charging me, it's $120 to get two more controllers, then to buy games. It's a big cost of entry if you don't already have a Wii with the, the controllers or whatever. And if you're never going to have... Uh, Daniel's like, where's Robert to make the joke about playing with yourself comment? But uh, <laughs> Robert is asleep right now. Um... But yeah, it's just one of those things where like the PS4 was like, okay, I can just buy what's there in the box, buy the game that I want and be done with it, you know. Um, but I, I just feel like if they would have had some of these games that came out a long time ago at a lower price, at a $30 by now, or at a, at least $40 by now, I think it makes people want to go, okay, I want to buy that. Like Tropical Freeze, there's no reason why Tropical Freeze should be still be $60 at this point, or $50 or whatever the hell it is. Um, you know, some of those games that came out last year or whatever should be much cheaper at this point. And I feel like, you know, Nintendo tries to do a little bit of sales here and there with the eShop, but it's still not anywhere where it could be. Where, like, you really see these weekly sales with Xbox and, and the PlayStation systems, and you feel like, okay, I'm really getting money's worth here. They're dropping these titles down to, like... 50% or 75% and like man this is a steal I'm gonna buy this you know just like we see with Steam oh man weekend I got a whole weekend to decide okay do I want to buy all these games or not like you do you know you decide that you make that decision that's what it's led to me weird. having 1500 games though <laughs> yeah but then I mean you have more variety to choose from when you're just having one of those days where like oh let me just play this you know instead of okay well I mean yeah, it might make you go, okay, well, now I need to really beat this game because I spent 50 or $60 on it. But then what if you don't like it? And then you just spent 50 or $60 on it. What Nintendo needs to do is basically adopt what Microsoft and Sony have with their, like, PS Plus and Xbox Gold service. Like, just offer, like, Nintendo Online Pass for, like, 10 bucks a month or 15 bucks a month and... Offer all the old emulated games for free or on that service, and then offer like one or two Wii U games or Wii games for download while you're a member as well, like every month. Like, there's no reason Smash Brothers Brawl 
for the Wii should be $30 still. <laughs> that game came out seven years ago. Yeah, I would agree. But, you know, people just... Uh, I, mean, I mean, I guess they feel like, well, people are still out there wanting to buy this game, right? So, until I guess no one is buying it, we won't draw out the price more. So, I mean... So, like, now then... <laughs> I don't know. Nintendo's weird with that. I don't. I don't know why they got this in their head, but yeah, just. I can understand their i like their basic idea that their games do have value, but like value depreciates over time. <laughs> like you couldn't sell like the original Super Mario Brothers fifty dollars now. Like that wouldn't play. <laughs> Right, no, they couldn't. I mean, they charge you, uh, what, $5 for Super Mario Bros. 3 on Virtual Console? I mean, I think that's fair enough for how great the game is and whatever, but some people complain, like, it should be $1, it should be $2. I'd say it should be $1, especially since you, if you've bought it before. No, I agree. If you bought it on Wii, it should already be on the, your Wii U for free, but... Like, the fact that that system, like, never did that is insane to me. And probably their next system won't either. <laughs> I'll be fine with it as long as they at least integrate the virtual consoles with the 3D... Well, I mean, the the rumor is that apparently the... It'll just be integrated together, like the 3DS. Whatever the next 3DS will be will be integrated with whatever the next Wii U is going to be. And the 3DS will be the controller. And then instead of, like, the tablet, you can take the 3DS with you to play the games on the go and and all that kind of stuff. Um, just, you know, obviously, like, the Vita, the graphics won't be as good or, or whatnot. But, I mean, if that's system they're going to use, there's no reason why the virtual console shouldn't be integrated to each other. It's ridiculous that you have to, if they have a game that's on both, you have to buy them on both. Like, obviously not every Vita and PS4 game are cross-buy or whatever, but a lot of them are. And it's crazy that we still have this stupid, archaic, outdated system. And it shows, again, this is why they're talking about digital, right? They're behind the times with that, and that's why it's a crisis for them, because if they understand that the next systems are probably going to be all digital... And they're probably going to be the first to really be able to crack that code of being all di- being an all-digital system. And they have to figure out how to maintain all that. You know? now, I, I got a feeling Nintendo, let's go back to cartridges. <laughs> really? It'll just be a big shell, and in the middle of the shell will be an SD card. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, I mean, they surprisingly still have cartridges for the 3DS, so... It'd be awesome if they did that. <laughs> well, let's go way back in time and have a. Uh, it's like we've really become the retro system now. Here you go. Play all of your old beloved games on this. Screw the Uya. Uh, apparently, Nintendo said that they had a shortage of new 3DSs. And that's why that they had to delay it for the for the U.S. and Europe. 
Um, Didn't I say that before we, before it came out? <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't understand how this keeps happening. Like, just... Keep making the system. Like, what? <laughs> we know Nintendo loves to uh, say that say these kind of things and it's themselves making it seem scarce so that people want to go buy it or whatever. And it's not what's, really that they don't have it. It's like all their amiibo crap, like, about how rare they are. It's like, I guess they are rare, but you just didn't make, you only made like 10 Meta Knight figures, so that that's why it's rare. <laughs> right, I mean, because you can go in almost any store and if you go into Toys R Us, you can find pretty much any Disney Infinity figure, my God, they have Skylanders figures even back to the first one still around. Yeah. Um, and that's a freaking seems like a long time ago now. And Nintendo can't even keep in stock like the current wave of whatever they've got going on. Uh, and then their only reason that they said they were even thinking about it is because they don't like the fact that they're going for the extreme amount of money that they're going for on, you know, like eBay or Amazon or whatever. So they feel like the the because some of the people are getting cheated out of money, oh, let's go make it for them, and then when it sells out again, they'll be like, oh yeah, just buy a card of the Amiibo next time. Someone else besides Nintendo is getting paid, and they got pissed. <laughs> right. Uh, also, speaking of the Wii U Virtual Console, but again, also speaking about how silly the Virtual Console is, the Donkey Kong Country games only came out on the Wii U Virtual Console, and the Donkey Kong Land games only hit the 3DS Virtual Console. I know that we're talking about a primary console game, but could also easily be played on the 3DS, whereas a primarily Game Boy game... Though it could be played on the Wii U, probably would look great on the Wii U. I wouldn't think it looks good on the 3DS. It's a monochromatic game. Yeah. But it is what it is, I guess. This is what they're releasing. If you buy any of the games, you get 30% off Donkey Kong, Kong Country Returns 3D for the 3DS or the Tropical Freeze for the Wii U. So. Can't the 3DS just do SNES emulation? It can, yeah. Yeah, that's what the, I thought. <laughs> the 3DS can play, I think, even up to like PS1 games and certain PS2 games if it wanted to, I think. So. And they're getting a 20-year-old Game Boy game that wasn't that good in the first place. Right. Well, I guess they want to say, hey, you can ha you have all the Donkey Kong games at your disposal if you want. Just, Yeah. Pokemon Shuffle, the free-to-play match three game, has uh, gotten over one million downloads. I actually need to go download that. I keep forgetting. Uh, so, yeah, if for some reason you haven't got that and you like Pokemon, I guess go do that. Uh, it does have microtransactions and, like, cooldown periods where you can't play for an hour if you don't buy something. Uh, so... <laughs> Yeah, if your five hearts go out before the hour is up, you can't play until the next hour. So. Yep, gotta love those free-to-play things. That's how it works sometimes. It would be more funny if the hearts thing was attached to Yu-Gi-Oh! Because they always had that, the heart of the cards crap. Yep. It would be funny. 
actually. But are they even making any Yu-Gi-Oh games for the? I didn't think it was still around. Yeah. I thought they ended like the series like a few years ago. Well, the series is still around. I think they made new episodes of the old Yu-Gi-Oh series, but wow. The I think they stopped as the DS as far as the World Championship editions or whatever. Uh, Batman, apparently a lot was made of Batman receiving an M rating uh, this time around. So Arkham Knight is going to have an M rating, which means that some of the kids that got to play Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, which I don't know why you would let kids play the Arkham games at this point, but that's beyond me. Uh, that uh, they wanted to make the game that they wanted to make, and even if they lose certain people... They can't play the game because of their age that, oh well, they just didn't want to hurt the game to make it mass market. So, I really can't hate them for that. I, I love the fact that they don't care about the fact that we're going to lose some kids. We want to make the game we want to make. But you think it's going to hurt them in sales at all or anything? I just expect there to be like an hour long like Catwoman and, and Harley Quinn like makeout scene. That would, that would spur on sales pretty well. <laughs> I'm sure it would for a certain segment of, of, of the audience. But I don't know. And I'm rating, and, and rating is fine. Like, those games are already pretty violent, so... I would imagine it's because maybe, I guess, you can run people over with the, the Batmobile and there's actual death in the game like he might actually kill people this time instead of just making them uh, get knocked out I hope so is Batman carrying like a gun it'd be great <laughs> I would finally... not want it to turn into gunplay with Batman though I'm, just... I'm gonna finally end crime my own way with a shot to the head <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, yeah that it would make it easier to play, I guess, right? I really hope that game is good. Like, that third Arkham game sucked hard. Origins? Well, it wasn't made by Rocksteady, so... Yeah, but Arkham City wasn't that good either. I don't know, I really liked Arkham City. I like the idea of it, but having to travel around that stupid U-shape constantly really got, got on my nerves. I think, I, I think Arkham Asylum was still my favorite. Yeah. That, that's the most like confined and like refined uh, like as far as like what you're trying to do right and it had the most like riddles as opposed to stupid trophies well I mean the riddles got annoying to get after a while but it also wasn't something you had to get I thought the riddles were fine I got annoyed at the trophies actually oh really like that's all Ar that's all Arkham Origins had was trophies no no riddles but it still had those stupid photo mechanics, so it's like, why is this in here? <laughs> stupid origins. Once again, why the game sucked. So Sony has announced an eight-week Spring Fever sale to coincide with all these uh, digital games that they're going to have released throughout these eight weeks. Uh, this week was Helldivers, which is a top-down shooter. Uh, somebody's reviewing that. I have no idea who it is. Uh, so that review, if it's not up already, should be there soon uh, that's ps4 ps3 vita they have like special ps plus prices which is like either two dollars off or like a dollar fifty off or something 
So like Helldivers is $17.99 instead of $19.99 if you have PS Plus. Uh, next week will be Hotline Miami 2, wrong number for all the consoles. Uh, the week after that's Jamestown Plus, which is only PS4. Uh, Metal Slug 3, which is at the end of the month uh, for all the consoles. Axiom Verge, which is like the Sony version of Metroid. Uh, only for PS4. Bastion, only for PS4, which is the re-release of the 360 game. Uh, Titan Souls for PS4 and Vita, which is the cheapest one. It's $9.99. And then Shovel Knight comes in almost at the end of April for all the systems. So if you've been waiting for Shovel Knight, you got to wait till almost the end of April to get that. Uh, they're also going to have a sale on a certain franchise or something. So, like, this week was Lego, the week after that will be Saints Row, then Assassin's Creed, God of War, and it goes on. So, there you go. You can check the PlayStation blog or whatever for that uh, when we, you get to that week. I've heard Helldivers is pretty good, though. So, if you're looking for a indie game to play or something and you got $20, I guess it wouldn't be uh, too bad to get. I, I prefer Bastion for the 8 in case you didn't play for the eight other systems that I already owned it on. <laughs> I only have it on 360, but yes, uh, Bastion's pretty awesome. I think I have it on 360 PC, and I might have like an iOS version somewhere. Oh, really? Wow. That's great. I forgot they had it come out for iOS. Yep. A lot of bad stuff comes out to iOS. They shouldn't. <laughs> they the should publicize more of the good stuff that comes to iOS. The worst offender being Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh, boy. I it's can like, imagine that doesn't play very well. Yeah, it's like, this is technically impressive that you guys crammed this game on here, but try to play it. <laughs> Oof. Uh, so Lionsgate invested a significant amount of money in a Telltale. Uh, the Telltale CEO, Kevin Bruner, called that a super show and said that their new IP was going to be a super show. But they really didn't say what it was. Supposedly a Super Show episode is kind of be, I guess, kind of like what Quantum Break is. Where you have, like, interactive, you know, playable content. And then you have, like, a scripted TV style thing. Um, so that's what it would be, a Super Show, I guess. Which, actually, when Xbox was talking about all the games that are coming out this holiday, Quantum Break was not even listed. So perhaps Quantum Break is one of those games that's going to come out next year, um, which is Ho weird. Cause, Ho hopefully. Cause <laughs> yeah, hopefully. I guess when their Xbox like TV division went down, that was one of the things that got affected because that was it's supposed to blend a TV show with the game or whatnot. But uh, do you think this uh, Super Show thing can work for Telltale? Like, I mean, I guess the game is already an interactive story as it is, but... I'd be interested if there's like a TV show where you could play the game as you're watching the show and influence uh, like the choices and anything you make in it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it'd be kind of interesting to watch the show and then the show is tailored to how you play the game. Yeah, like let's say you have a choice of ask, like the character has a choice of like ask the blonde girl out or the brunette girl, like people playing the game could vote at like for the two or three minutes and whoever like whoever gets the most votes like that that segment of the show airs yeah 
Didn't I did that. that. But that's that would be interesting. Oh. Either that or what? Either that or just make like a Hunger Games uh, Telltale game. <laughs> One of those telltale ones where I just skip it. Yep, they'll make twi- they'll make Twilight telltale style. Oh, oh Please no. Uh, Blizzard has finally announced that they have decided to allow you to use in-game gold to buy subscription time, very much like Eve Online and WildStar. Uh, you will not be able to. Once you can buy, if somebody sells a token, it can only be done on the auction house. And you have to buy it off of whatever the market sell price is, but it becomes soul bound after you buy it from the auction house, so you cannot trade it or sell it because uh, WoW doesn't want, or Blizzard doesn't want, you know, to encourage any more third party gold selling or whatever, which they have a problem with apparently. Um,. They don't think it's going to hurt their subscriptions that much because this is pretty much geared to the people who have been playing for a long time. They have a ton of gold and, you know, a way to reward them for having gold and they can just buy subscription time with it. And the people who, you know, don't have all the time to get gold, you can still pay for your subscription. Um, uh, do you think uh, this is going to work or is it going to hurt Blizzard at all? People are already speculating this just means they're going to go to free-to-play pretty soon. Do you think that's even happening? Blizzard said no way, but... I, I kind of hope it does. Uh, I hope it goes free-to-play. Like, I would actually like to play WoW occasionally, but I'm never serious enough a player to actually care about the game, like, about, like, raiding or any guild or anything. So, go free-to-play and I'll play it and run the four things I always do and never get the drops I want and get pissed off and uninstall the game. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I had a subscription when World of Draenor first came out and I played that for a little bit or whatever, but it was just like, man, I really don't have $15 to spend on playing this game that I'm not going to play all the time. I don't have the, the ability to just have a time sink for this. And I can really see where free-to-play kind of why it's a big deal now. It's the same thing with Final Fantasy. Like, I really enjoyed the, like, trial that I got to have, but it ran out. And I'm like, man, I don't want to pay to $15, and I may not even touch this for, like, more than a week out of the whole month. You should get into Guild Wars, too. <laughs> yeah. I thought about it, but I was like, man, I got such a backlog of stuff. I don't want to get started in something. Well, well, another something else to get started in and not finish. Um, but do you think it's going to cut down into the subscriptions at all? Having this, or will it create more even because you can just use in-game gold? Or I don't think it'll cut down too much, but I do think it'll create an imbalance of gold now in the game. Like, that's already more exacerbated. Like, people have such, like, wildly different gold amounts. Like, I think I... I think my character has, like, 10,000 gold, I want to say. Like, when I last, like, checked in. But I know some people have, like, 2 million. Right. And it's, like... It's, like, inconceivable. <laughs> yeah, and they have nothing to spend it on, so... They could probably give themselves a whole year of... Wow, without paying for it. 
I'd be uh, I'd be happier if they announced just like a like in-game store of all the crap that's like in the game. Maybe not like the high-level raid stuff because that's how you make your bread and butter. But I'm tired of fucking running uh, Strathholm to get like the Baron River Riven Dare Mount. I've run that goddamn place 300 times and it never dropped for me. I want to just buy it for like five bucks. I will do that. Need the hell I alone. mean, they have it where you can buy, I think, like the pets and stuff like that. But only, I mean, only certain pets or only like yeah. what they deem certain, like special. Right. But I just want there to be a big store, like a catalog, like Sky Mall. Blizzard Mall, where you can just buy whatever you want. Well, you can buy, the, apparently you can buy the WoW token if you want, using in-game shop money, and then I guess you can then try to sell it on the auction house, or whatever, but I guess that's the only thing they're going to let you buy through a shop that way. Well, there is, I think the Guardian Cub is kind of the same thing, like you can buy it from Blizzard and just auction it off as on, the gold, on the gold market at the auction right. house. So that already kind of exists, but now now that it's just in-game time, that who cares? All right. I want uh, my Rivendare Mount, goddammit. <laughs> Get Mark his Rivendare Mount before he goes crazy. Uh, apparently Hearthstone is uh, set to have their newest, uh, well, according to a data mining that happened that uh, apparently the Black Rock, Black Rock Mountain Adventure might be their next expansion that could happen in April. So it would be like a, another adventure like uh, the Curse of Naraxmus instead of just like the Goblins and Gnomes which is just a bunch of cards. So I mean I like Naraxmus a lot. I'm a person that doesn't play too much against other people like constantly so I kind of like the adventure thing but then also it kind of does get annoying to the point where you kind of just go and like, okay, let me just go see how somebody else beat this boss and let me just do it so I can beat it already. Because <laughs> I just want the cards. I don't want to sit here and try 30 times to try to beat this this one boss in this adventure. And there's like four quarters, so do I want to sit here in this one quarter forever? I don't know about that. I want there to just be like a Hearthstone expansion called Starcraft, and I want to play as Jim Rayner. <laughs> that would be awesome. But I don't know. They already have Heroes of the Storm for that, so I don't know if they're going to mix the... Yes, but people care about Hearthstone. No one cares about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially if you... Apparently, if you play any kind of MOBAs, Heroes of the Storm sucks for you. Or, something. But, or it's too simple or something. Whatever. Uh... Blizzard also says that some people apparently really like the idea of having microtransactions in Diablo 3. Some people are really upset about the fact that they might show up. But right now, only the Asian markets are going to get microtransactions, and they have no plans for the U.S. nor European versions to get them. Uh, isn't how do you feel about having microtransactions in Diablo? Isn't it all cosmetic stuff, like wings and crap, like, and like wings and pets? That's yeah, what that's read. what you get without having the microtransactions or whatever. Well, like I thought, like the idea was like you can pay to like unlock a different pair of wings. 
that's fine. Because it's not like altering the game balance like the old Octonauts did. Well, like, apparently in the US and Europe, the what you said, the streamlined UI for the cosmetic benefits and like pets and stuff, that's what you'll get. But the Asian markets about microtransactions, I think that's for everything. Uh, and that's the case, and I would actually still be fine with that because my gear in Diablo 3 sucks, and I don't want to spend a thousand hours like getting re-rolling the same stupid bosses and hope to get like the, the thing I actually need. Right. <laughs> like I actually, I actually did like the old Octonauts. No one else did, but I did because I don't have time to devote. To like, like level, like rolling Diablo a thousand times to get like the fi- the fifth armor's piece for the set I want. Like, I know people that do. That's fine. It's the only game they play. But I have other games to play. <laughs> right. I just want to be ultra powerful and pay twenty bucks for it, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, you pay to win, man. Well, I, I draw the distinction between that and something, well, like, I guess Fable or Fable Anniversary, or Fable Legends, if that what it is, because you can just grind it out if, if you want to, and I know people that do, but I don't care. Right. right. <laughs> you should have the option if you want to, you know. Uh... So, yeah, like I mentioned, Forza Motorsport 6 is supposed to come out in holiday 2015, along with Rods of Tomb Raider, Fable Legends, and Halo 5 Guardians. Uh, that's great. If you like Forza, go buy it. Uh, I do. You should really go buy Forza Horizon 2, because that game is... That's a better game. ...apparently awesome. <laughs> but Microsoft doesn't even really talk about it that much. Horizon 1 was, like, my, one of my favorite racing games. <laughs> I've been really thinking about getting Horizon 2, but... You should. I'd be curious what you think of it. Especially, like, just the open-world nature of it. Yeah, because I don't really like... uh, I don't like Forza because it's way too technical, but, like, Forza Horizon is, like, the arcade version of it, so I can can deal with arcade versions of racing games. I mean, like, it still has some of the technical aspects if you, like, want to get into it, but you're right. Like, you can just hit go, and it's fine. Yeah, because I like, the only racing game that I really enjoyed before was like the Midnight, Midnight Club series from Rockstar. And that was because it was really just about customizing your car, and then you can get unlocked new cars with winning races and stuff like that. But it wasn't about, oh crap, my right something broke on my car, and now I can't move, or, or whatever, you know. Yeah, I don't know about Horizon 2, but Horizon 1 just had no, no damage at all. It was great. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, apparently, data miners have also revealed that Tom Clancy's The Division is going to have a public alpha, which, with how much has been delayed, that's probably a really good idea. Uh, we've seen what public betas have done for games like uh, Evolve and Destiny and Battlefield Online. Yeah, and Halo. Well, not Halo, because <laughs> <laughs> they can't figure out how to make the multiplayer work. To, you know, whatever. But uh, the division is going to be all about being online with multiplayer and having RPG elements. So, you know, 
they probably should let people play with each other and see how that's going to work before they just release the game out in the wild. You think yeah, this is going to work? I would say they need the alpha because Ubisoft servers melted down last year. Oh god, yeah. With all like, the different games. <laughs> Unity Unity suffered greatly and uh, Far Cry 4 like worked kind of but it wasn't like 100% great and the crew was just a disaster. <laughs> yeah. So, good luck Ubisoft. You're going to need it. <laughs> I'm excited for Assassin's Creed Rogue, by the way, next week on PC. Yeah. Oh, you are? Wait. So, wait, you got that? Or you beat it? Or what? I, I pre-ordered it. It's coming out next week, so... But I mean, that's the old, that's last year's console one that was better than Unity. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, because it follows a lot of what happens in uh, four. Yeah, four, which was great. So did you did you manage to play four at all yet? I haven't yet. It's just uh, time. Yeah, it's time and all that. Stupid life. Stupid life, go as good in the way. Uh, what the hell? Okay, I'm sorry, something happened. I'm just like, what the hell's going on with this? Uh, I'm guessing I'm gonna have to reset my phone now. I don't know what's going on. Uh, anyway, uh, Battlefield Hardline is apparently gonna be available on EA Access for 10 hours. And it includes the prologue and first episode of the single player as well as the multiplayer. Um, you're going to have five days to play it before uh, the game comes out on March 17th. So starting March 12th, if you have EA access on your Xbox One, you can do that. Um, I've thought about it several times. I don't. I just don't want to get involved into another subscription thing and all of a sudden it starts mounting up or whatever but I think it's a really good idea especially getting to play the single player stuff which is what interests me the most about Hardline I like the whole episodic like I feel like you're playing a crime story kind of thing that looks really cool um I'm only a fan of that if Hardline is structured like an episode of Cops that's what it seems I mean not not episode of Cops but it's supposed to be kind of like a sort of kind of that kind of show but not cops I guess like more like one of those crime drama shows or something but uh they also announced a battle for the hardline premium for $50 which is pretty much you get to unlock you know all the DLC like the expansion packs and the story this, there's about there's supposed to be four story themed expansion packs um that you'll be able to buy so uh, that are some that are even coming in 2016. So obviously uh, EA plans to have this game last a long time. So that's a good thing, at least. You know, if if you buy this game, you're probably going to get your money's worth, at least. Assuming uh, it works. <laughs> yeah, assuming it works. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, Capcom had to apologize for. Not telling people that bought um, the Resident Evil Revelations 2 
on PC that it does not have local co-op like all the other versions of the game does uh, because of the varying speeds of internet and stuff on PCs they didn't want people to be lagging or whatever I guess um, I don't know if you even tried to do that but. No, that's one game I don't have. I thought it was. I thought it still had online co-op though. Yeah, they have online co-op, just not local co-op. Here's the thing about that though. Uh, PC gamers don't congregate around a PC to play a game. <laughs> like, I can see why that's actually a justified exclusion. Like, no one's gonna do that. People already modded it back into the game, which is fine, but. Like, how often do you have someone over to play on, like, on your PC? <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Like, you don't you don't just... If you're playing against people on the PC, usually it's for online, you know, not for... Yeah. I mean, I, it doesn't make... I mean, I guess with the, co with the campaign, I could kind of understand a little bit. Um, but, like, with the raid mode, that's kind of meant to play online with people, like, you know, just, it'd be like you doing a raid in WoW single player, like, that's just not gonna happen, so. Not unless you're on a private server. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. Yeah, so they're trying to solve the problem, but apparently they didn't tell people that bought the Steam version of the game before the game was bought, and there was a lot of people that are pissed, apparently, that they didn't know that. So, I like guess, I uh, said, someone already modded it back in, so all is forgiven. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ex-Darksiders developers have opened a new studio, Joe Madureira, who did a lot of the art stuff for... Uh, Darksiders, and he kind of helped develop the game. And Ryan Stefanelli have uh, uh, opened a studio called Airship Syndicate, which that's a pretty cool uh, name. It's in Austin, Texas, and they're going to start a comic series and a game on the Battle Chasers comic. Um, Maduero is going to update the comic, and then they're also going to make a game. Uh, they don't know where they're going to get the funding for the game, but that's, are, that's, a, that's a good first step <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> they're wanting to make for PC and consoles and even making possibly a tablet version but uh <laughs> yeah I mean I, I love the Darksiders like art style I didn't get to play too much of either game but I enjoyed it for what it was um so I like their work I'd be interested in what it could be but you know I guess it's one of those we'll have to see what happens with that I really enjoyed Darksiders 1 and 2. I just want more of that series. Yeah, I wish they would have been able to show, have a game for each four, each one of the horsemen, but alas, THQ had to close. I mean, Deep, or whoever, is it Deep Silver that owns this? Or somebody else that owns this needs to get on with making the, the other Darksider games. I think it is Deep Silver. I'm not sure. They own, like, they own like half of THQ or what's left of THQ. Yeah, they own a lot of the big properties from THQ. Uh, oh, it's Nordic Games, that's it. Oh, yeah, Nordic, that's it. It was like Nordic and Deep Silver that bought a lot of their stuff. 
Gotta love the Europeans. <laughs> uh, Sony announced a few things. Uh, Tearaway Unfolded is going to come out in September 2015. Um, I'm really interested in that when it comes to PS4 because I'm probably not going to buy a Vita at this point. And this is one of the games that was really awesome on Vita, so I'm going to want to play this on PS4. Dragon Quest Heroes is coming in 2015 to PS4 in North America. So, there's the newest Dragon Quest game coming. Uh, yeah, are you a big Dragon Quest person? or? Nope, never played him. Out of one. <laughs> I played 8, and that game was just ridiculously, like, when some of the regular enemies are killing you, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm being killed by a shoe, literally. Why? The only thing I've ever seen in Dragon Quest was the, uh, I've seen the Metal Slime controller. Yeah, they apparently even have a slime, like, USB thing that you can buy that has, like, slime on top of it. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh... I might finally have found the iOS, the uh, mobile game that might get me hooked if it really comes. Well, I mean, it's already out in Japan, but it's supposed to come in the U.S. in spring of this year sometime. It's called Final Fantasy Record Keeper. Uh, it's going to be free. And Is it just a DJ much, app? <laughs> no, no. Uh, you get to play uh, relive moments from all the previous Final Fantasy games with all the classic characters in 2D sprite mode. So, like, I got to... In the trailer that it shows, it shows Cloud and uh, Lightning and Titus and Zidane in, like, 2D sprite mode with, like, the Final Fantasy VI uh, attacks of the active time battle system. And it's going to have an all-new story with... I guess you get to fight the bosses of all the other games and stuff. This sounds like that all the bravest game. Oh really? Was... Yeah, did you ever try that? No. It's, it was like the, one of the most heinous free-to-play games on iOS in recent years. <laughs> oh really? Like you Wait, just, so how does that work? Just... Like you have your party members on the right side, and you just swipe them to attack, and then you can like. Once they die, you just swipe in more players, and you just keep swiping them in, like, more and more heroes until you run out, or until the boss dies. And you can, like, pay to unlock other characters. Oh, boy, I hope they don't have the characters locked under microtransactions. I hope you can at least unlock them through playing through the story or something. Because even, like, Theater Rhythm, they have, like, five characters of the 200 that are DLC because they're, they're pretty, like, you know... The only one that's not, like, a version 2 is, uh, I think, Yuffie and uh, Vincent. But, like, everything else you can unlock through actually playing the game. Like, I would hope that Record Keeper is not like, oh, yeah, here's, like, five characters. Oh, the rest of them, you have to buy them. They know that people will pay for Vincent and not for Yuffie. <laughs> yes. Uh, Final Fantasy Type O apparently got it. The only reason it's even getting made in HD on current consoles is because of fan demand. Uh, they had no idea that there was so much fan demand for this. People that have a Vita are sitting there going, 
the game was on a PSC. Why the hell is it not on Vita? But you know, no, uh, the the game is on a PSP that has a fan translation all into English. <laughs> <laughs> you can go download that shit right now if you want. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's just one of those. Like I, I think uh, he mentions that. The real, the other, another reason why they really brought it over is because they could do stuff in this game, like make it more dark and and all that kind of stuff that they couldn't do in a regular numbered Final Fantasy. So, if this one sells well, they could release more type series games. Uh, I'm kind of excited for this. Like, I'm gonna go pay off the rest of my pre-order because, yeah, I want to play the 15 demo, but I'm kind of really excited to play this because I like the way everything looks and that it's a grittier. Final Fantasy game or whatever, and who it who it square do we have to bug to get a Vagrant Story two game? <laughs> if they even ever release a Vagrant Story one like remaster or something, maybe. I have a friend who keeps demanding like a Final Fantasy twelve like HD remake or HD upgrade. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's just. But that's what's funny is they say they did this on Fan Demand and how long have they had Fan Demand for a Final Fantasy VII remake? I mean, and they don't do it. They don't have the money to do it. That's a sad thing. <laughs> well, the thing is, too, you know, like, if they add all this stuff into it and then it doesn't even get near the sales that everybody that says they want the game, you know, buys it, then they wasted all that money for nothing and then not only that the expectations are going to be so high that it's going to be crazy what they would have to do for this game and it's just not going to be worth it I think to Square they should just do a Final Fantasy 7 Kickstarter yeah I'm surprised they don't like you know just raise it through people's money and then that way you're not putting your own money into it I think actually that would be deeply shameful to them if they tried I mean, but they had their own Kickstarter thing, pretty much. The, the, whatever it was that we talked about it last week. The Gex thing? <laughs> yeah, the Collective or whatever. Just, yeah, just, I don't understand why you would start all that and then, oh yeah, we're never going to do the stuff we really want you to do. We're just going to release games that, through this, that people probably don't want. <laughs> uh, somehow... Since the summer, uh, Final Fantasy XV is now only 5% more done than it was before. Uh, it's it now 60% done. Isn't it supposed to come out this year? <laughs> Supposedly, yes. <laughs> uh, he says that people shouldn't be um, worried about the percentage because from now, the percentages could go up a lot more in a lot faster time. Uh, because they were making this big, long demo... They had to optimize it for the public, and so it kind of slowed them down or whatever. So he said, you know, just uh, I'm pretty sure that we're going to work in a much faster development time now that we don't have to do anything special for a demo. I think when they release Final Fantasy 15, it'll just be like 85% done. And then, like, it'll just get patched later on once <laughs> we finish it. You know, like every game nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, let me just, let's just release this game broken. It's been so many years. Fuck it. It's broken. Uh, and also, just announced, like, 
I think right before I started this, uh, they have released the release date for... That sounds terrible. They have announced the release date for uh, the U.S. version of Final Fantasy X, 10-2 HD remaster of the PS4. It's coming out May 12, 2015, so that's another game that I now have to put on my list of buying because... You're good. You're, you're fine. Getting it for the, do you, I? Don't need, you don't need to grab it. It's a bad well, game. I, they're both bad games. They're both bad. <laughs> well, no, I love 10. 10-2 was terrible, but I love 10. Um, 10 was the first, uh, like... Final Fantasy, like, modern Final Fantasy that I played, and then I kind of went backwards and played all the other Final Fantasies. And I still like the... 9 is my favorite, but I still like all the older Final Fantasies more than the newer ones, obviously. But, I don't know. I'd still want to wax that nostalgic itch, I guess. Um, plus, it has the some of the only Japanese-only stuff, so... I don't know. I might think about it. I might wait till it's lower in price or something. Uh, speaking of a PS2 game, GameStop has once again allowed you to trade in your PS2s for a whopping twenty-five dollar. Uh, they give you back twenty-five dollars. Sorry, if you have all uh, one controller and all the cables, they'll take five dollars off and only give you twenty dollars credit if you don't have a controller or the cables. Um, at this point, I go, why the hell would you trade in your PS2 for $25? But Why are they doing this would be my question. <laughs> like, Because they know there's people that still want this console, like me, and they'll go to a GameStop and find it and go, oh, wow, uh, PS2 for 75 bucks, let me buy it. You know? Even though they don't sell any of the PS2 games in the store... You can buy the system and I guess go on eBay or Amazon or whatever or Craigslist and get you some more games. I don't. Or just get me to hack it for you. <laughs> yes, but, you know, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that kind of thing on here. Sony coming after us or anything. But it's just funny. I think that, like, GameStop just. They don't give a reason for it at all. They just say, oh, we're just taking your PS2s again, by the way. They're, they're gathering in the mall to sell to, like, Guadalajara. <laughs> yeah, or they know that... Maybe they know something we don't, that... Even if they put it on PS Now, it's not going to be... You know, as done very well. See if we're still going to be looking for PS2s to buy to play those games. That's why my PS2 is still hooked up. <laughs> Alright. And that's with you having a PS3 that can play the PS2 games. Yep. Uh, Trine 3 is set to be released on PC in 2015. Good God, it seems like they've been working on that forever, because all they've ever done is release enhanced editions of Trine and Trine 2 forever. God, how many freaking enhanced editions have they released of that game? Jesus, seems like it's happened all the time. Uh, have you played the Trine? I played both Trine uh, 1 and 2, and it wasn't a, like, I liked the idea of it, but uh, the Archer is the only fun character to play as. <laughs> oh, really? Why? Just... The Mage is fun, but he has no combat abilities. Like, he just can create, like, blocks and stuff, and, like, that's kind of fun, but if you get hit, you're dead, and the Warrior is too slow to move around. Ah, uh, so. Okay. 
when you play as the archer, she can like jump around and like hook shut around the area, and that's fun. But when she dies, it's like, well, I gotta wait till I can resurrect her. <laughs> Hopefully, maybe trying three will be different or something. It probably won't be. Um, for some reason, a Best of Clay Fighter remastered is coming to PC in 2016. Um, they're basically going to take the best of all the games with 20 characters in total, including Bad Mr. Frosty, Blue Suede Goo, Earthworm Jim, and more. Um, there's going to be new... Fighting game mechanics like double jumping, air dashing. Everybody's going to have their own clayality and stuff. And it's going to have remastered audio and, and visuals. So, you excited for Clay Fighter? Yeah. <laughs> Only the cross is over <laughs> in a Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> That'd be great, right? We have new fighter. Oh, this. All the Clay Fighters have appeared in Mortal Kombat. Great. <laughs> Pretty much. Have, probably not going to happen, though. Uh, this, this, I thought this was kind of amazing. This Crowfall MMO reached its $800,000 goal in like four days. And now they have bigger stretch goals um, for it with just like 20, with 27 days left. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know, there's this person with a deer head and this lady, and that's all I've kind of seen of it, but it's supposed to be like Game of Thrones meets EVE Online. So, there you go. If you want an MMO like that. With a nice dollop of taxidermy. That's <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>, right. <laughs> Speaking of Kickstarter, there's... Uh, uh, Toe Jam and Earl sequel, Back to the Groove, that's in a Kickstarter right now. Uh, they need $200,000 to be able to put it on um, at least PC, if not on consoles. And it's supposed to take the best of both the original Toe Jam and Earl and the Panic on Funkatron. Uh, it's at 23000 right now, so if you want to see new Toe Jam and Earl, better get to giving them some money, I guess. But no Toe Jam and Earl 3, because everyone didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like Toe Jam and Earl back in the day? Or? I never played it. Like, that's one I just missed out on. The only games I, I really had in my Genesis was, like, Sonic. Right. And Kid... I want a Kid Chameleon remake. Uh, I want a... Was it a Comic X remake? That would be awesome. Oh, Comic Zone? Yeah, Comic Zone. Yeah, that's uh, such a garbage game that like looked great and sounded great, but was not fun to play. <laughs> I know I liked it back then, but I, guess, I haven't tried to play it again now, though. So. Speaking of a game we both played and talked about on here, Life is Strange Episode Two Out of Time has been delayed, and now will come out at the end of March instead of next week, sometime next Friday. So, that kind of sucks. I was waiting to play episode two. Yeah, at least it's coming out this month. Like, Borderlands still, like, Telltale still hasn't announced, like, Tales from the Borderlands episode two yet. Yeah, really. I mean, like, that's just really bad. Like, at least with the other two, with when they did this Walking Dead and uh, 
Wolf Among Us, you kind of had an idea when they were going to come out, but, like, Tales from the Borderlands just disappeared. Like, it looks like they're almost about to have an episode three of Game of Thrones before we even have an episode two of Tales from the Borderlands. It was only gonna. It was only one episode. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, they have a season pass. It's just... We just decided the one. to only do one episode. <laughs> uh... Uh, Valve has partnered with HTC to make a Vive VR headset. So, another company that is making a VR headset. And apparently Half-Life could also have remakes made for the VR headset. Or even its own VR Half-Life title. Uh, that'd be hilarious if it was Half-Life 3 and you could only play it on the VR headset. You <laughs> are the head crab. <laughs> just piss off people like yeah Half-Life 3 but you gotta buy this VR thing fuck you <laughs> like, just, I can see them doing it um, but apparently there's gonna be a consumer edition released later this year um, they also are not gonna be only a game developer HBO Lionsgate and Google have also committed to making content for it um, you can play it without a controller, not just, you know, not like the, uh, at least the Sony one that has a, that seems like you have to have a controller. Um, does Valve making this want to make you feel like, uh, it uses two Steam VR base stations, so, and the tracking technology. No, because they still haven't even come out with their Steam machine yet, or that Steam controller, so... I don't have a lot of faith in Valve saying, oh, this will be out this year, when... No, they have no cachet with me. (laughs) Uh, Supposedly, a Drew Goodard will be the Spider-Man director, and it's going to be based on the spectacular Spider-Man series. Um, Wait, uh, why... Don't know because apparently it's going to phase into him fighting the Sinister Six in one of these movies instead of them making a Sinister Six movie by itself. Um, and it will be a character that can grow from high school to being older instead of being an older guy that they have to make like he's being in high school. And part of the first movie is going to be Spider-Man fighting Iron Man to try to join the Avengers, supposedly. According to Latino Review. So. Okay. <laughs> this is going to happen? You think we're really going to get a Spider-Man fighting Iron Man in the movie? And, and all this? Sure. I mean, why not? It happened in Civil War, anyway. So, give this an extension of that. That'd be interesting. I really want to see it, but I don't know. Part of me just anything Spider-Man right now. I'm just kind of like, oh, don't want to get too high on expectations right now. But I guess it can't be any worse. Uh, I mentioned that I, this is one of the bonus question for 4PC. I loved DuckTales as a kid. Um. I am so excited to hear that it's coming back, but damn, 2017 feels like so long away. Um, A new DuckTales animated show is coming in 2017 to Disney XD. 
Um, with all the original characters plus, you know, all the side characters that you remember. Um, and now Disney has also made the, the original DuckTales shows uh, available to stream through the Watch Disney Channel app. So if you're waxing nostalgic for some DuckTales, you can watch it on there. If you don't want to buy the DVD um, sets. I really hope that new show looks like the old one. Me too. I really hope it does. I really hope it's not CG or whatever. Like I don't mind if it cleaned up a lot, but I don't. Yeah, I don't want it to be CGI or anime or anything like that. Like I just want it to be like traditional ass Disney animation. It being Disney, I think you might see a little bit of cleanup or whatever. But if they're saying it's being an animated show, it's gonna look like the old show. I don't think they're gonna do CG in it or whatever. They would just come out and say it's gonna be a CG Ducktales. Uh, I think Daniel brought up the point of why the hell isn't a Darkwing Duck being announced for this too, since it lives kind of in the same universe. But because Launchpad can only appear on one show, <laughs> it's, in his, it's in his contract. I would assume I think they're gonna wait to see how this does before they even think about bringing back any more of the anim- old animated shows. I'd, I'd be happier with a Gargoyles remit or Gargoyles reboot. Yeah, with the way Disney XD is, where they, you know, they have the Marvel stuff on it now, and it can kind of be a little bit darker. Man, Gargoyles would be awesome to see come back. Speaking of old cartoons coming back, Netflix is going to have Inspector Gadget, the CGI version, with that 26 looks episodes. Horrible. <laughs> it already airs in TV in Europe, and there's a Danger Mouse remake that's going to happen. Uh... They're also going to have a Care Bears, <laughs> um, Magic School Bus. Um, they've also signed a deal with DreamWorks that gives them like 300 hours of original programming. Uh, that's why we have the Turbo and Madagascar spinoffs on Netflix. Um, you interested in any of this stuff? Like, I liked Inspector Gadget as a kid, but I don't know about CG Inspector Gadget. I was never a huge fan, but I like watched it, like the intro sequence, and it looks like look look cheap. Like yeah, cheaper, I saw some of the pictures. Cheaper than the old cartoon, and that was made in like nothing. So, boy, I just want there to be like a widget the World Watcher reboot. What's that? You never saw Widget the World Watcher? No. It was like a almost like a knockoff of like Captain America. It was like. A purple alien who had a watch with like a brain coming out of it could transform into animals and like take on like polluters. It was really weird. Sounds really weird. The name sounds really weird. What the what the hell is Widget the World War? What the fuck? He was like a yeah, like a purple alien. I was like, okay. And damn, I didn't get to watch that freaking Power Rangers thing you sent me, and now they took it down. Oh, it's back up. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to watch it now. Why did, they get it, why did it get taken down, anyway? Because Ham Saban didn't like that it, like, the Power like the Power Rangers were being ultra-violent, and, <laughs> like... That would be awesome. They need to make that kind of Power Rangers. Like, Zach, or the, like, Zach wakes up, and he's like, Two naked women, like one in each arm, <laughs> and 
like you see him training in the back they're just like, they start making out with each other <laughs> wow I gotta watch this now <laughs> oh what, one last thing about uh, Dragon Ball I had these pre-order costumes one is diamond and one is gold and it, it makes my character look looks like he has a golden ass it's really funny Nice. He just he runs around like that constantly. It's great. <laughs> uh, the Tomb Raider movie, uh, the reboot, is apparently on a fast track uh, to get made. Um, one of the uh, Evan Daughtry who wrote the Michael Bay TMNT is going to script this. Um, Warner Brothers is co-financing this. Uh, they have signed some kind of deal with Square Enix where it's going to get made uh, faster. And then it's going to be a younger Laura Croft on her first adventure. So I guess kind of more like the video game. They can get Camilla Ludington to play Laura Croft. <laughs> That'd be cool. I, I just hope it's good and that, you know, they don't ruin it or something. Just... They'll get Kirsten Stewart to play her. It'll be great. Oh, God, please no. I mean, the Snow White and the Huntsman wasn't too bad, but it's just like... I cannot buy Kirsten Stewart in that kind of role. Just, oh... Boy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when it's Kirsten Stewart, I'm just like, man, should I just fall asleep or something? Like, just... She makes me feel like I should be bored watching or something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lastly, James Gunn wants to understand why superhero movies continue to be snubbed by awards. Um, he says that he doesn't understand how people think that people work harder on these independent films or these serious movies and that they don't work hard enough on these superhero movies just because it's popular fare. He says, if you think people who make superhero movies are dumb, come out and say we're dumb. Uh, because how dare you say that we don't put enough love into our characters as much as you do. And uh, apparently, like, uh, Dan Gilroy, whose wife has acted in two of the Thor films, um, said that, you know, he had a problem with superhero movies ever being considered. He's like, well, I mean... You're kind of being a hypocrite with that. You're letting your wife act in these movies, <laughs> you know. But I mean, should should they just make their own like popular movie uh, awards show where these movies can be? Uh... I thought like the MTV Video Awards and all. Aren't there like a few other like? Yeah, but who cares about the freaking MTV Movie Awards? <laughs> I think the problem with something like Guardians of the Galaxy or like the Lego movie, for example, is they are good movies, but they are somewhat designed to be uh, like marketable. Not Well, not marketable, but like to have toys made out of them and like stuff like that. And I don't think the Academy likes that too much. You're not going to see like a Whiplash action figure. I would I would like that, but not really. 
they yeah, see it as like I soft. Mean, they probably just see it as like sophomoric or like like they're above them on like some film snob mentality. Right. But I mean, each film should be you know given some kind of. Uh, it shouldn't just be about serious movies getting Oscars or whatever, because those guys do work hard and they. Just because people love that film and maybe nobody saw these films that the Oscars are giving you all this pub about. I mean, the Grammys gives popular artists Grammys. Yeah, but no one cares about the Grammys either. (laughs) Right. I mean, the Emmys gives popular TV shows Emmys. I mean, I just don't know why movies have to be so segregated, I guess. But I guess... uh, only time will tell as far as that goes. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it for this week. We had a few extra things to get to because we missed a couple days. But uh, we should be back on, you know, as long as nothing crazy happens to me or, or Mark, we should be <laughs> back on, on the Saturday schedule, I think, as far as uh, I can tell. But... Yeah, so I guess we should get to those plugs, uh, Mark. Uh, my column about the top eight games, historical game series is up now. I kind of screwed up it, but I fixed it, so it'll be good now. Uh, I don't really have too much else going on. I have to do a preview of Sorcerer Kings on Steam sometime, but it's still in early access, so I don't really want to. And that's about it. Because I do a bunch of early access stuff, like, and it just defeats the purpose because the game's like twenty, like thirty percent done. Like I did one for Galactic Civilization three, like last year, and it was like the battle system wasn't even in it yet. (laughs) So it's like I click, I right click attack, and either my ship survives or the enemy ship survives, and that's that's all I see. Damn. What about you? uh, Well, I should, I guess, plug the other guys first. Uh, Daniel, of course, gains Factor Fiction on Thursdays in in the Game Zone. This week, he actually did something cool. He talked about the order and why, you know, the length was an issue... Uh, for the game and for people who bought the game and and all that kind of stuff, it's a like he wrote his own like single column and I thought it was really interesting what he brought up. So it's called the order and why it fell short. So you should go check that out in the column section in the game zone. Uh, I think he goes back to the game's fact of fiction like the regular setup this week, but we shall see. Um, Robert, of course. Uh, he does just a bunch of podcasts because he doesn't know where his if he can ever return to doing his Metal Hammer Doom column because they don't do news reports anymore. So uh, he has the uh, Metal Hammer of Doom uh, music podcast that he does in that Radlitz and Broadcasting Network with uh, Mark Radlitz. I have no idea what they're doing. I think it would be this week, um, but I guess he'll uh, maybe next week I'll be able to tell you what they did. Um, he's got the Sentai Rider podcast as well, where they talk about Kamen Rider Gaim, other anime shows, uh, Japanese children's shows, all that stuff. That's also on the Rider Broadcasting Network. Uh, 
whole plethora of stuff that they, I mean, they literally have like 10 podcasts that are all in that network, so if you just go into that volatile broadcasting thing on iTunes and download it, the subscribe to it, you will probably find something that you enjoy there. Um, so go check that out. Um, this podcast, of course, we will be back on Saturday, uh, Lord willing. If you don't listen to us through Spreaker or through 411's main page, we are available at your convenience through uh, Stitcher, through iTunes, um, through TuneIn Radio, whichever you choose to listen to us on. Uh, we're there, so you can listen to on your phone or, or whatnot. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher, too. That, that helps us a lot. Um, you, know, you can tell your friends about us. And, of course, always visit 411 for all your gaming uh, reviews and for all the other stuff there you know wrestling stuff and, and movies and TV or whatever um, always something there for anyone uh, looking into the entertainment uh, deal uh, I've got the game's top five which last week was top five games based on anime uh, I actually never checked the comment section for that at all I should do that um, this week it's going to be the top five top-down uh, perspective games. So, um, don't know if Mark can help with that or not, but we'll see. there's a, lots <laughs> of games to choose from in that category. It's not just... I thought about just doing top-down shooters because of Helldivers, but I was like, nah, let's just open it up a little bit more so maybe more people can participate. Uh, for PC, I've already got three people sent me in answers. Just need Todd, and that should be up uh, tomorrow uh, morning by the time you're listening to this or on Wednesday morning which is when it's normally up and of course uh, got the rest of the Max podcast which we're doing tonight or Tuesday night Wednesday morning it's available on all those podcast places I already talked about it's available on the full ones wrestling zone we'll be doing the ROH 13th anniversary pay-per-view uh, Raw, TNA, Lucha Underground, NXT, and I'm sure we'll have a topic and stuff, so lots to check out there. And I think Football to Football will return. We're going to be talking about the MLS season because that's about to start, or maybe it doesn't start, as they're probably about to go on strike because of the new CBA. So, yeah. Um, but I guess until next week, guys, uh, enjoy the games coming out, which, what is coming out next week, by the way? Now I'm getting, getting myself behind on stuff, but normally I have all this stuff already uh, plugged in. I know more of those Resident like the whole Resident Evil Revelations thing will be done by the time we get to next week. So, if you haven't played any of those, you should. Uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong Tipping Stars, the first ever cross-buy Wii U 3DS game that's going to come out at I think on Friday, as most Nintendo games tend to do, Helldivers is already out or about to come out. Uh, White Knight, that's also for PC and PS4 and Xbox One. It's another one of those indie games. It's a third-person narrative-driven survival horror game set in jazz noir era, 1930s. That looks, I don't know if it's going to be any good or not, but the premise sounds pretty cool. Shelter 2 comes out, I think, next week. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is already on Steam. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's 3. And uh, Scream Ride comes out this week for Xbox 360 and Xbox One. 
I don't know about all that, but if you're into the roller coaster tycoon type thing, I'm sure it'll work out for you. But yeah, until uh, next week, guys. Enjoy uh, your your games. Have a good week. And we will see you here next week, guys. Have a good one. Later. <laughs>